You're listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to John 1. If you do not have your Bibles, uh, as always, for your convenience, it is printed in the order of worship. We're going to be looking at John 1, 1 through 14. I was hesitant to preach this uh, series through John. Uh, let, let me explain it this way. Have you ever experienced something that you love so much or that you experienced uh, a, a great deal of joy in, but when you explained it to somebody, it didn't quite translate? Whether it's a concert that you went to or a vacation that you went on or a funny joke that somebody told uh, sometimes you just can't communicate the experience or funny situation that we, you know, sometimes where we just say you had to be there, right? And, and y'all have I've all experienced that. Well, this is kind of similar to how I feel about the book of John. The book of John is one of my favorite books in the Bible. I love to read John. It's one of those books I consistently go back to uh, in that. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. Until now, I haven't had the audacity to preach it because I was afraid I wouldn't do it justice. You know, the way I love it wouldn't come across. Uh, but here we go. We're about to dive into uh, a book that talks about Jesus' deity, his humanity, his love for people, uh, what, he, what he teaches about feasting and fellowship, the art of conversation. So, so look, here we go. Let's start at the beginning. First chapter of John, first verse of one. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. Sorry, word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 6, there was a man sent from God, his name was John, he came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all may believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. Verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was not in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came into his own. His own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed on his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father God, thank you for your word. Not only that, but Lord, thank you that your word became flesh in Jesus Christ. That you were a God that knew we could never achieve, never find you, never even seek after you, unless you took the initiative to send your son in the flesh. Help us today understand what it means that Jesus is the word and life and light. And may we see that practically in our in our lives today uh, and get a glimpse of that. In Jesus' name, amen. 
My family uh, recently watched a movie called The Fablemans. Has anybody seen that movie so far? The Fablemans. Uh, it's not. It's not as. Uh, uh, it, it, it should be more popular than it is. I just don't hear people talking about it. Uh, and I rarely recommend films because of all the baggage that comes when a pastor recommends a film. Like, he recommended a film that had cuss words in it. You know, so, sorry, don't tell other pastors. I, I don't listen to Christian music. You know, I don't watch Christian films. I, watch, I, I, I have watched rated R movies before, and I will again. So, just sorry. <laughs> Uh, but see, I really, really like this one, and it seemed to have something for everyone. It's a film about Steven, Spiel, uh, Steven Spielberg, loosely based on, I mean, it's directed by Steven Spielberg, and it's loosely built on his life growing up as a teenager and his first years as a filmmaker. And it's one of those movies that you kind of have to watch several times to really get it, everything that's there. But one of the main ideas that the show talks about when it's dealing with this filmmaking is the question of, if you're going to make a movie, how do you go about it? There's so many ways to tell a story, right? You ever hear a story and it's told by five different people and it sounds like five different stories? Um, there's, there's a lot that you can do. There's different ways to tell a story. So how do you take the events, a person's life, or a point that you're trying to make, and build a narrative around it? And in the fablements, uh, Spielberg seems to contemplate this idea more than anything else. How do you, how do you show someone what you're trying to get across, and just instead of just outright telling them. How do you do that? There's an art to that. Well, this is where John's book, I feel like, is different than the other Gospels of Matthew and, and Mark and Luke. He's got a different approach in so many ways. And the way he starts the story is a prime example. When you first read it outside the first few lines, you wouldn't think it's a narrative uh, in, a, in a gospel in the same way as that the other ones are. So let's start at the beginning in the introduction, and we're going to see what, what John has to say today in this section. We're going to look at it in terms of three points. If you look at the order of worship, it's got the sermon outlines in there. Uh, we're going to talk about the word from the beginning. We're going to talk about the light sent into the world, and then we're going to talk about the sun that came in the flesh. So let's look at the first section here. Uh, let's look at verses um, 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things are made through Him, and without Him not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. So even the way that John starts this story is different than the other Gospels. He starts by saying, in the beginning. Now, it's not a strange way to start a story, obviously. Uh, but as you can imagine, John's doing something different here. He's pointing us back to the beginning. The same way that the entire Bible starts, right? Uh, in the beginning, God created. But it's even further back than that. He's talking about before the world was even created. To eternity past. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about eternal life and, and living forever, that's hard to imagine. It's hard to kind of contemplate that there will never be an end. But when you think about there's never been a beginning with God, that's a whole other ballgame, right? That blows your mind. And this is, but if God did have a beginning, then he wouldn't be God because someone had to create him. This is one thing that makes God God. But not only that, but John states that Jesus and John calls him the Word here, and we'll talk about that in just a moment, has not, uh, has always been there in eternity past with the Father, just like the Holy Spirit, outside of time and space. Not just with God, 
but as God, meaning that Jesus and the Father are different persons, but one God. This is one of the passages that Christianity holds so dearly to the Holy Trinity, God in three persons. One God, but God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son, all of those as a part of that. But that's a sermon for another time. But the book of John immediately goes straight for the jugular and saying, if you don't know anything else about God, uh, Jesus, he's God, and he's God himself. John wants his readers to know that from the beginning, one of the main points, if not the main point of his book, is to say, Jesus was not just a good man. He was not just a godly man. He was not just a great teacher, but God himself. But what about the, John's use of the, the, the idea of the word as a title for Jesus? Why would he say that? Well, to help understand this, you got to think about this. Uh, this is a this is a familiar concept actually in John's day and age, not so much with us. Uh, and if you know me, I rarely use Greek words. Uh, Greek is the language that John was written in. Uh, am have I studied Greek? Yes. Am I proficient in Greek? No. Am I tempted to use it to sound smart in my sermons? Yes. Do I? Most of the time, no. But However, this is a unique situation. Here's the reason why. See, and just hang with me for a second. And people in John's day used this word for word, and it, the concept behind it was logos. Uh, where it simply just means word or reason or argument. Uh, if you think about where we get the word logic from, logos, logical argument, logos. Uh, but there's another deeper and broader and even more beautiful use of the word here that the people understood in the world that he lived in. That there's this idea that they had of this Logos out there that would give them the divine reason that would help them understand the whole world, meaning the cosmos, meaning that uh, there was something out there they thought would give order and meaning and purpose to everything in the world. And John uses that word, Logos, but he says, in the beginning, Jesus was the Logos. Now, if you were lost in all that just now, don't worry about that. John's simply saying this. For those that want meaning and purpose and order, that want to make sense of the world, Jesus, as the Word and the Logos, is the answer to all of those questions and all of those that are seeking answers to those questions about meaning and purpose and order and why things matter in the first place. Because Jesus was with God when it was created, Jesus is God, as we said, and it, it's Jesus himself that brings life into the world. John is saying here, not only did he originate life, he is life. Do you want life, John says? Look to Jesus as the author of life, as the one who defines life, because he created and he designed life. He's the one to teach you how to really live. You want to live? Truly live? Jesus is the answer. Why? Because he's the one that created life in the first place. He knows how it's designed. He knows what's going to bring you the most satisfaction. He created you. Not only is he life, though, he also says that he's light, which brings us to point number two, the light sent to the world. Let's look at verse 5, and then we'll skip down to verse 9. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Look at verse 9. The true light 
which gives light to everyone who's coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came on his own, and his people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. See, John says, tells us here that the light of Christ serves as a light to all people, whether they acknowledge it or not. In the Bible, see, light and darkness has always been common symbols for good and evil. And it's clear that the light that John's talking about here represents the here and now. But ultimately, eternal life with the Father, with God his heavenly, in his heavenly kingdom. And as we know, darkness is the absence of light, a lack of God. It, it represents here the power of sin, all the things that we see in the world, the evil, the brokenness, the unbelief, the sin, all of this that leads to death, the Bible says. And many in our world are literally walking dead, walking in death, no meaning, no purpose, as we said before, just hollow human beings with no light, with their minds and their hearts darkened. Now, John's going to continue to focus on this light and dark uh, throughout this theme uh, later in this gospel. But uh, and later, Jesus is going to say things like this, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you don't have to walk in darkness. You don't have to be like everyone else because I am the light that leads to life. He also says, I've come in the world as light so that the people who believe me don't have to stay in darkness. That's in John 12. See, the nature of light is to shine and overcome darkness. Just like if you were having trouble in your neighborhood with criminal activity, the first thing that people start talking about is put up a street lamp. In the same way, Christ dispels the darkness and the sin of the world. It's like a sunrise when it comes up in the morning and you see the rays of light piercing the, the blackness of night. God's light and truth carry spiritual awakening to our hearts and to the hearts of other people. See, Jesus declared that those that follow the light, that believe in the light, would be sons and daughters of the light. And there's another passage, and, and I'll, I'll stop talking about the light in this. Paul says this in Ephesians, Believers in Jesus have passed from darkness to light. For once you were full of darkness, Paul says, about all of us, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. We don't have to live in darkness in the world anymore. Do we have pockets of it? Yes, but we don't have to live in that total darkness that we once did as believers. Now, so far, this can all seem abstract and a little vague and a little lofty. And don't blame it on me. John wrote it. I didn't. Uh, but now he's going to make a big transition. Look at, look at the point number three, the sun that became flesh. It became real, tangible. Verse 14 says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. So here we have John's telling us in Jesus' story, God in human form expressing himself in a language that at this point we can all understand. Why? Because we're humans. The Word became flesh. Here is God coming from heaven into the frailty and the vulnerability of his creation and his people. Here, God is becoming with us, one with us, as in 
partaking on humanity, and it says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Now this dwelt thing is interesting. There's a modern translation in the Bible called the, the, the Message. Is anybody familiar with that translation? I actually like that translation. Eugene Peterson is a scholar uh, in biblical languages. But anyway, it's a modern translation of the Bible called the Message. And it translates uh, this verse like this. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Now, at first it seems like, that's kind of an odd way to put it. But it's not a bad translation. You don't want to know why? Because this word dwelt here in the Greek has to do with the idea of somebody pitching a tent. So think about this. It's saying God left uh, heaven and became a human and he pitched his tent here among us. See, for years and years, the Israelites have been waiting on God. They had been nomads. For years, seeking after God. Is God here? Is He in this temple? This tabernacle got destroyed. This temple got destroyed. Where is God? And at this point, John is saying that God became human and pitched His tent among them. So the search was over. See, God has moved into the neighborhood of the ordinary and messed up people like us. Exposed to all the elements of the world. Knowing what it felt like and feels like to be lonely and to be homeless and to be at the mercy of the madness and the brokenness that we're surrounded by with human nature in the following world. God met us because we could not meet him. He pitched his tent among us. See, here at the end, what is the, what is the word? When you think about this word in life and light, what is the word that you need in your life today? Do you need a word of encouragement right now? Do you need a word of hope? You need a word of affirmation or love. Or maybe what is the light that you need in your world today? Are you in a dark place of loneliness right now and discouragement and despair? Do you need some life right now? Are you just going through the motions? Do you feel like a shell of a person just going from thing to thing to thing? Are situations and people just sucking the wind and life out of you right now? Do you feel spiritually dead? Come to Jesus. John said in the beginning, this is the answer. This is the Logos. He's the word and the life and the light that you need in your world. And maybe in a practical way in weeks to come, and I'll just throw this out here. In the weeks to come, if you don't know where to go at this point from what we just said here, think about this. In the weeks to come, we're going through this sermon series. Why don't you try reading the book of John? Look at the book of John. Go through it. Or read the passage before and after what we're talking about here. It's not a hard read, actually, once you get past this part. But and pray as you read that God, through the life and work of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, that he would bring you back to life, bring light into your life, out of the darkness, into a life of hope and light and faith and love this year, starting now. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you have not left us wandering around in the wilderness. But you came and pitched your tent to give us a compass of where to go, and that's to you. Lord, we thank you that you have not left us alone in the darkness. Lord, our hearts are dark, and we know that. Lord, there's just so many things that creep into my own mind and my heart that I just wallow in. And Lord, would you put light in the dark recesses of our hearts that we might repent of those things, that we might pursue you, that we may love you, love our neighbor, 
and love life as a result. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.